are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Happy Monday. Thanks for keeping it locked on, Wildcats. I'm your host, Mike Luke. Also joined, per usual, by the other host, Mr. John Schuster, who is wearing a... This is the Three Terrors right here. Oh, I uh, see. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. You probably... I, 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 you're probably going to kick me out of the house now. Oh, I know no. this is offensive. Expl- yeah. Mal Lennon and Stalin, right. so I'm wearing my Three Terrors shirt I that I bought you. in Budapest, Hungary. I see. Hungary. I see. Uh-huh. When you're an international man of travel That's like it. Schuster, then you yeah. can do pretty much what you want. Mm-hmm. So we got the Phoenix Suns, 100 to 9, or excuse me, 100 to... Well, 120, uh, 120 100. 100 loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. This was an interesting game in that I thought in the first, first quarter and a half the Suns were going to win. And again, it's basketball, so you can go on runs at any time. And then, obviously, go into the half down 15. That's never a good sign. But in the second half, there were multiple times in the third quarter when the Suns cut it to about six. And I thought they were going to come back. But then the Bucks, the Bucks just hit them with everything. This was the game that the Milwaukee Bucks needed, Schuster. Yeah, they had to have this game, which is obviously the case. They came out very fired up. There's an old adage in the NBA, and I know, uh, Mike Luke, you're not a fan of this adage because as a huge fan of the NBA, you believe in watching every play of every game without exception. Correct. But the old adage is all you have to do in the I NBA. I watch you watch and then watch again. I, I know you do, I, I, and, and the NBA admires your uh, <laughs> conviction for it. But there's an old adage in the NBA. All you have to do is watch the last two minutes of a game. Mm-hmm. In this series, all you have to do is watch the second quarter. Second quarter is determined all three games in this series. Mm -hmm. And uh, it did so again tonight. You're right about um, uh, the Phoenix run in the third. Looked like they were going to get back into the game. And it was one of those things where it would have been obviously demoralizing. It would have been the end of the series if the Suns had obviously come back after the uh, second quarter deficit. But I remember it being similar in the third quarter to what we saw in the first quarter of game two in Phoenix, where Milwaukee made its adjustments, played very well, and the Suns actually led at the end of the first quarter. So it was like Milwaukee did everything it could, and Phoenix still had the upper hand. That was kind of a demoralizing quarter. And then the Suns went on a big second quarter run mm. and held off the Bucks uh, throughout the uh, throughout the rest of the game to go on to the 2-0 lead. This I, one was different. Mike, I think three things have to happen for Milwaukee in this series. And I still think the Suns are the better team, but three things have to happen. The Bucks have to try to get DeAndre Ayton into foul trouble. Middleton and Holiday have to play well. Mm-hmm. If the Bucks can do those three things, they have a chance. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't work, and it didn't in the uh, first two games, obviously, in Phoenix, and I think the Suns have the other hand. Well, you saw the difference, too, with Ayton. I mean, Ayton was basically controlling the game for the first quarter and a half. I want to say that he had 15-9 and nine midway through the second quarter, and you're looking and you're like, is this going to be like a 30-20 and 20 game? And then, obviously, he doesn't, due to you know foul trouble and other issues, he doesn't have a big influence the rest of the game. And you're right. If Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to get 41 points and DeAndre Ayton's going to get 18, the Suns aren't going to win those games. The Suns aren't going to win those games. Well, I think even more so. The bigger issue, I think, is that Aiton has to be on the floor. Mm-hmm. And when he isn't on the floor... 24 minutes isn't going to And that's it. Exactly. Aiton has to play. It's not 
even necessarily Aiton's numbers. Because I, my guess is, if you look back at Game 2, the numbers between Game 2 and Game 3 are relatively similar. Mm -hmm. The difference is that Aiton probably played 45 minutes, 42 to 45 minutes in Game 2, and even though uh, the gentleman from Greece has now strung together consecutive 40-point games, his numbers were the same in Game 2, you know, relatively speaking, as they were in Game 3, but the difference was minutes. The Suns' one liability is that Aiton is their only legitimate inside player, mm -hmm. and Milwaukee has an advantage when he isn't on the floor. Right. So my question to you Kaminsky would be... Kaminsky isn't doing the same thing that Aiton is. What do you think? No, I, I, that wasn't a question. <laughs> I was a statement. Oh, was it? Yeah. Thought it it sounded was, a little different. Yeah. It sounded a tad sarcastic, uh, but, uh, you know, it is... No you question know, mark. We are, that was, we are demoralized yes, here as a, sure. as a result of the way that... But you... You know the modern NBA exponentially more than I do. Because, again, you... I watch it and you... Again know. and again it's and again. pretty much down to that. Yes. <laughs> it really is. Uh, is it possible in the modern NBA to try to get a player into foul trouble? Is that a strategy or is that some... I mean, you, just... can, you can, but at the same time, though, if you're, if you're the Phoenix Suns, you're also probably going to realize, too, that, oh, they are trying to get this guy into foul trouble. So, you know what? I might not put him on Antetokounmpo until the fourth quarter or at least you know so at least he can be a help side defender we're talking about deandre Ayton, obviously but you're the suns are unique in that regard in that you do just have one big man basically you do and like you said you you almost have to plan no matter who he's guarding that you need to go after him the problem is is if he's guarding brooke lopez brooke lopez can't get deandre Ayton in foul trouble and you know what if you're the suns and you look at the Bucks, and you say, if you want to spend time trying to give the ball mm -hmm. to Brooklyn, Lopez. Maybe you're wasting possessions. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, you certainly saw today, though, when when he's not on the court and there's other issues, it's a problem. For yeah, them. it's simple. It's simple for Milwaukee. And the, and the way that I think we may have talked about this in the podcast previously, the way that this series was going to work out is that the Suns are better on the perimeter, Milwaukee's better on the inside. And I thought Lopez would be a significant difference in this series because he was a second legitimate big man. The Suns don't have a second legitimate big man. And Milwaukee was just going to try to pound it on the interior. When they got Aiton into foul trouble, this is really the first series where I think, other than the first quarter of game two, where they did that consistently. And obviously it was a lot more effective when Aiton was off the floor. Uh, it was it was just open season you, you, for the Bucks. You talked about how in game earlier in the uh, earlier in the series, you said that between game two, usually game two is kind of the counterpunch, and game three is the feeling out game. Did we maybe get maybe of these games like a game later than we thought? Maybe, I and and, and I felt like after game two, and I still feel this way. Uh, the Bucks dominant win in game three didn't surprise me in the least uh -huh. they had to have it uh -huh. they were at home there are games They're favored yes that the suns can go cold occasionally uh -huh. and you know this is this this shouldn't have necessarily come as a surprise at all uh but i th i i think your statement has a lot of validity in that it looked to me like after game two even though obviously the suns had home court advantage I thought the Suns were the better team. I still think the Suns are the better team. And I feel like if the Suns ultimately don't win this series, something I think there's an injury dramatic there's something yes, Chris Paul gets hurt. Something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it and 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 even with game three, 
I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. Still feel like the Suns are, prob- are are in really good shape in Game Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know what Mil- at this point you know what the other team's going to try. You know how it works well, all the rest the of it. And and I think Phoenix is better. The, the, yeah, and, Mil- and, and, and again, it's like you said. You know, yeah, we feel like Game Three. You kind of have an idea where everybody's going, but after Game Two, I get the feeling you and I both thought Phoenix was the better yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. And here's the thing too: if you're Milwaukee, you need to look at this, and you need to probably. You need to get game four almost as badly as you need to get oh, game Oh, there's three. not almost about it. Yeah. It's absolute. Right. Because if you if you go down 3-1. It's over. It's oh Now, again, people always bring up, well, what about the Cavs against the Warriors? But the already you have the Suns are at a distinct advantage in this series, even with what happened in game three. Mm-hmm. The number of teams that have come back from a 2-0 deficit in the NBA Finals is four. That's already not a good number. So sure, you can say, well, what about the Cavaliers and Warriors? Still, is it possible for the Bucks to come back? You're still probably sure. batting about a 93% likelihood and of winning, though. That's correct. So the Suns should win this series. You think I threw that number out arbitrarily? Uh, did you throw that number out arbitrarily, or are you just that much of a genius? I did. I threw it out arbitrarily. Oh, you did? Huh? You know, I'm going to something... talk about something, too, on the other side that really annoys me. And one thing, though, that doesn't annoy me, though, is rockauto.com. Rock Auto, as John Schuster has so eloquently pointed out, has been there for him. He's been there for Rock Auto. This is the epitome of a symbiotic relationship. And if it works for John Schuster, it can certainly work for you. Jason Shear's a moron. He got broken down in Durango, Colorado. Guess what he didn't do? Oh, no. He didn't. Jason Shear did not utilize rockauto.com? He didn't. He did, did not. I know. Oh, Jason. Yeah, exactly. Meanwhile, he's you know, calling GN or excuse me, GNC, uh, uh, GMC. Mm. You know, three different lines, this and that. Oh. Why in the world are you not going to rock? When you know in advance. Uh, you know what? Lesson learned. Sometimes you got to learn the hard. Yeah, way. but you know what? My concern is that I don't know that my friend has learned his lesson. And you know what? If he gets l- fool me once, shame on you. Fool me once, twice. Fool, fool me twice. Shame on Jason Cheer for not using rockauto.com. Thanks for keeping a locked on Wildcats. You know, Schuster, one thing thing that I don't understand about the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo Mm -hmm. is Antetokounmpo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's actually not that hard. It really isn't. Right. Once you say it, if you Antetokounmpo. Yeah, I had to uh, try to explain to somebody Mm -hmm. about how to. uh, I heard that segment on (laughs) on the radio. Yeah, that was was high energy stuff right there. Antetokounmpo? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That, that's really not that hard. Yeah. So, I, you know what it is? It's more, uh, it's scarier than it really is. Yeah. yeah. But uh, one thing that I don't understand that he does, and he made his free throws today, I get that. But this whole, this whole exaggerated free throw thing that he goes through, and again, this is just coming from me, I think is totally counterproductive. Because you're obviously he's not a great free throw shooter. He shoots 63%. And going up there and practicing your free throw attempts seven different times before the ref even gives you the ball. And then going till 9.7 seconds to release it. Dude, it ain't working, bro. Act like, act like everybody else and go up there and just shoot your free throws. Get the ball, spin it a couple times, and let it go. That seems to be the weird quirk. <laughs> That he had everything seems to be a good guy. Seems to be a good ambassador to the game. Yeah. Seems to like the idea of being with a team that mm-hmm. drafted there's him. A, no, there's and a lot of admirable stuff. For there are sure. a lot of, uh, but that's the weird quirk. I don't. And it's and the I, unnecessary quirk. And you're right. Is he really going to be significantly less than a 63% free throw shooter if he just goes up and yeah, shoots the ball? You don't see like. Listen, there are some people like I. I watch Shaquille O'Neal. And I don't think that Shaquille O'Neal was ever going to be a good free throw shooter. It just looked weird. It was this line mm-hmm. drive. Hopefully, yeah. this you know. Hopefully, somehow this sneaks in over the cusp of the basket. He's the traditional what you think of 
of as as the monster on the inside right. who can't shoot a shot from eight feet and never had to. Correct. But the thing with the uh, Anto Tacumpo is that he doesn't look like that. It doesn't look Correct. like it should be that difficult. So again, what you're doing right now, again, I know you went 13 to 17, and if he's listening to Locked On Podcast... Which we know he is. We know he is. We know it's Because right. he's very impressed with the way we can actually take right. the time to pronounce his name. For sure, yes, exactly. And it's really not that difficult. But the one thing, though, you look at him, though, and you think to yourself, why are you doing this, dude? Nobody else in the NBA does this. And, oh, by the way, it's not like you're shooting 97%. Mm-hmm. You know what? If you're Mark Price and you never miss doing it that way, oh, knock yourself out, bro. You're shooting 62% and you're and, and, it, and it looks stupid. And I'm it sorry. doesn't seem like uh, he necessarily wants to be a heel. Mm-hmm. He isn't doing it to oh, be no, a Oh, no, I don't jerk, think so. No, I don't think so is, either. Which is kind of right. the other weird ass. If, if you're doing it to piss off, Right. The opposition or, you know, piss off the other guys on the floor. If you're Dennis Rodman, you know, just throw right. out a you random get it. name. Yeah, you get it. Yeah. Right. You're, just, you're, just, you're just the bad guy. In re- you're, you're the wrestling. You're the Iron Sheik. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I get it. How much do you remember of Adrian Dantley? Enough uh, to know the name? Oh, I definitely know the name. Detroit Pistons won one title. Great but, score. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, you know, there were a couple years, I think, where he scored above. Uh, like in and around 30 right. a game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Real, great score. He did the same thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a series that the Suns played where I attended some of those playoff games. Well, the Suns fans did exactly the same thing because Gantley would take 12 to 14 seconds to shoot a free throw and get away with it. Mm-hmm. So Suns fans would count. Mm-hmm. So I'm familiar with this routine. Yeah, it feels like sure. I've been watching this for routine sure, before. Sure. But Gantley made free throws, and uh, yeah. this guy isn't quite as uh, good from an overall percentage So again, But I also put this on the Milwaukee Bucks to a certain extent by stepping in and saying, hey, dude, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. I mean, let's, let's, let's be adults. But then again, I guess... You know what? At the end of the if day... You're if you're one of the three best players in the, the league world. and you're our friend... And one thing, about, one thing about him, too. All right, just, knock yourself out I, when it comes to your weird free throw approach. You know, it feels like we talk about this, like, year in and year out, but because of the advancement of the athlete in games, and we're turning this into a little bit of the Antetokounmpo segment here because, well, you know what? We call it the way we see it, and the Phoenix Suns lost this game. And, and, he had, and he's had consecutive 40-point. Right. Uh, one, one of the things, and I apologize to interrupt because I want to hear where you're going, but, is that at the very least... From the he even if Milwaukee loses this series, and again, I think you and I both think they should. Mm-hmm. He's acquitted himself beyond very exactly. Very well. The NBA's got to love what it's seeing out of For him, sure. and they've got somebody else who they can market on a ground. I don't know stage. that I've ever seen anybody physically in any realm that's legitimately seven foot and's built like that and can move like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, his he's got the dexterity and the fluidity of a guy who's probably about six foot two. Yeah. And unlike some other guys, I mean, you look at him; he's chiseled beyond belief. It's not like he wasn't able. It's not this long, gangly. Or well, I mean, he is, but he's buff too. But he's buff yeah. too. And then Whereas you, Durant is. Right, Durant a little, looked very yeah. sinewy, uh-huh. I guess. Yeah. But uh, you look at you look at Durant, or excuse me, Dur- uh, uh, Antetokounmpo, and it's kind of a. I don't think that anybody's ever seen anything quite physically like this in the league before. Now, again, I think that there's always times when people, leagues never, league never saw anything like Shaq, league never saw anything like LeBron, league never saw anything like Antetokounmpo or Chamberlain or Chamberlain. or Russell mm-hmm. or into some. Well, I I'm think kind Ru- of, honestly, I'm, I'm actually kind of glad you got in this. Kind, I had meant to save this for a summer podcast later on down the line. Mm-hmm. A general theory about 
athleticism, professional athleticism, mm -hmm. that there are certain players who are, in essence, 20 years ahead of where they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And um, Chamberlain was that guy. In the NFL, Jim Brown was that mm -hmm. guy. Uh, and there are. I think you could argue Jim Brown is probably about 50 years sure. ahead of where. Yeah, right. But 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 generally speaking, you're ahead of the LeBron James is clearly that guy. Mm -hmm. But what we're ultimately going to say, you, you you could favorably argue that Jordan was that guy. Mm -hmm. Okay, oh, for sure. Uh, I but, suggest but then, that you're right. But then <laughs> it's it's a good suggestion. <laughs> I might suggest that that's a good suggestion. But then what I think happens, and it's not to diminish in any way, shape, or form, Chamberlain, Jordan, James. Antetokounmpo, Durant. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll see other guys in the league kind of evolve into those positions. Mm -hmm. So not that there's a guy who's as good as Jordan per se, but the NBA now has 20 guys who are his build, right. who are athletically mm -hmm. in that style. I suspect that 20, 15, 20 years from now, there's going to be 20 guys in the NBA who have the physical build of James. Mm -hmm. There's going to be... 20 guys in the NBA 15 to 20 years from now, like Durant, like Antetokounmpo. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just the, just as with Chamberlain, 20 years later, 30 years later, there were, mm -hmm. there was Olajuwon, mm -hmm. there was Robinson, there was Duncan, there were there was Shaq, mm -hmm. you know, who again is another example of mm -hmm. somebody who down the road there's going to be somebody like him. And it's just that for whatever reason, it's almost like they're in a time zone. Mm -hmm. And they were earlier than they were supposed to be, and they have set the standard for what the game is because they were, before their time, pioneers at the right time mm -hmm. with an athletic gift that just wasn't provided to the average player, even the great player in that particular window. We'll be on uh, before the next game on Wednesday, but just briefly uh, give you our little bit of a pre-show pre breakdown here. I think the Suns win game four. I think there's a very good chance that that happens as well. Again, like 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 I suggested at the top, it's it's my belief. You you may view this differently, and if you do, obviously, you know, chime in. I decide. Um, you got to get Aiton into foul trouble. Holiday and Middleton have to be good, mm, and and, and Holiday and Middleton have not been good up until Game Three. True, and I think it comes down to that. I think we're also at the point too where you know basically Chris Paul is going to bring it every game, mm -hmm. and you know even in this game, I mean you look at it, it wasn't Chris Paul's fault they lost this game. Right, they just didn't. Booker had a bad night. Booker's how many bad nights is Booker going to have? We'll see that. So, for John Schuster, I'm Mike Luke. One thing that you do need to remind yourself, though, constantly, and if not constantly, basically every single minute, is betonline.ag is the place to go if you do want to be able to bet about who the next LeBron James is. Again, I don't know how they would quantify that, but if there's a place to do it, betonline.ag can do it. We'll be back with you.